This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll feature Peter Cohen from iMore. We'll also hear from a representative of Parallels to talk about Parallels 10. And a bit later, we'll be joined by Josh Centers, managing editor of Tidbits. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> right now, Peter Cohen is here, and we've just gotten the news this week that Apple is going to hold a special media event on my birthday, which is September 9th. Now, of course, I know that Tim Cook isn't aware of what my birthday is. I know Apple's marketing department might be, but I'm sure that they didn't plan it that way. Right, Peter? Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, I mean, the, the, this uh, September 9th event has been uh, in the works for a while. Um, rumors about it. That, and when I say rumors, I mean it, pretty solid rumors. John Patchkowski from um, Recode announced earlier in August that this was going to happen. And and I won't say that he's infallible, but he is a, a pretty reliable source for inside news from Apple. You know, we've just been waiting ever since for, for confirmation. So uh, Apple has confirmed today the the and, and what got some people, I think, scratching their heads is that our friend Jim Dalrymple over at The Loop historically has given his famous yep or nope. Um, when this stuff gets leaked to the press or gets out in the press somehow. Um, and he didn't do that this time around. So a lot of us were kind of scratching our heads going, wait a minute, is this legit or not? But now it's definitely official. Uh, September 9th is the day for this next Apple announcement. Now, we don't, of course, know what Apple is going to announce. They haven't given us any specific indication of what they plan to use this event for. But it seems a foregone conclusion that Apple's going to introduce a new iPhone. We can talk about that now, what we might expect from the next iPhone, presumably an iPhone 6. But there may be a one more thing, which the same source from Recode mentioned just the other day, that there may be another product to be introduced. We'll get to that in a moment. Okay, so it seems to me that the speculation about the next iPhone, the so-called iPhone 6, has really centered on a specific set of display sizes, 4.7 inches and 5.5 inches, that just about every rumor, speculation, etc., has converged on those numbers. Does that mean we're in the right ballpark? It doesn't necessarily mean we're in the right ballpark because Apple has has surprised the same rumor sources before. You know, the rumors coalesce around certain information, and it's a self propagating problem. Um, we can't take it on face value that that's correct. But yes, the, the rumors have uh, consistently repeated that Apple is going to introduce an iPhone in two different sizes this fall. So I, I'll I'll concede that, but. I'm not willing to concede that simply because, you know, a lie repeated often enough is uh, taken as truth, um, as as a Nazi once said. Uh, I think it's dangerous to go down that road. All right. So if Apple goes in that direction 
and I don't know why they settle on 4.7 inches and 5.5 inches. There may be various mathematical constraints there. There's also an article from Daring Fireball where John Gruber is suggesting the actual resolution of these displays. So again, it's mathematics that Apple puts this together with a certain degree of logic behind it. It's not like all these other companies where they throw a screen size together and hope it works. This is true. Yeah. You know, Apple uh, tends to do things very methodically and things that benefit both its users and um, its developers. So John Gruber's uh, logic uh, in how he's described uh, the possible resolutions of these large devices is quite compelling. And the key here also is that Apple wants to make it as easy as possible for developers to build adaptive apps, that apps will scale to various sizes using the new Xcode and for iOS 8, because in the Android world, there's so many different sizes and resolutions. Developers really can't optimize everything for every screen size. Apple wants to keep it simple and make it easy for developers to bring their apps up to date. So there has to be that inherent logic. Okay, let's look at the inherent logic behind a larger iPhone. The 5.5 inches fits into this infamous phablet category, a smartphone with somewhat of a tablet-like function. Now, as a tablet, wouldn't 5.5 inches really be too small? Well, yeah, and that's why people call them phablets, you know, because they're they're a distinctly separate category of device than um, than a conventional tablet. They, they do fit a niche, though, and that niche is in parts of the world where people don't have more than one device to connect to the internet. You know, we we accept in in North America that you're going to have an iPhone or a smartphone of some type. That you're going to have a personal computer of some type, uh, maybe a PC, maybe a Mac. And you're also going to possibly have a tablet, you know, whether it's an iPad or a Kindle or some other device that you're going to have, uh, uh, you know, multiple devices uh, to connect to the Internet. But the bottom line is that in many parts of the world, people don't have that developing areas uh, in the world. But uh, also, uh, you know, some parts of Southeast, Southeast Asia and so on. Uh, these are areas where people only have one primary device for connecting to the Internet. And in that respect, having a larger device makes sense because you're not just making phone calls. You're not just uh, texting. You're also uh, visiting web pages. You're also uh, trying to do e-commerce online. You could be even trying to run a small business online somehow. Um, and having a larger device to do that makes sense. Of course, it's, that's not unique to those areas outside of the U.S. I see people with larger devices like Galaxy Notes all the time. Um, you know, so certainly there is a market, albeit a niche market, compared to the conventional smart, smartphone size. Um, and there's no question also that smartphone sizes have been trending up now for several years. And Apple uh, with a four-inch screen is uh, you know behind the curve on this. So it's about time that they get a uh, uh, some iPhones to market that have bigger displays. Well, certainly in China, there's a huge market for this, as you say, and that would certainly give incentive for Apple to do it. But let's assume the 4.7-inch mainstream iPhone comes out. We kind of expect the price will be just about the same as the iPhones of today. So that would mean the 5.5-inch version would be $100 more or something like that? I have no idea. I'm not even going to um, speculate on price at this point because I have no idea what Apple is going to do. And historically, I have not 
been able to divine what Apple is going to do price wise on these things. So I'm going to I'm going to sit on the sidelines for that one. But it's also true the way mobile phones are priced is different. It's modifying itself. So, for example, in the past, what we had was you'd pay like a down payment towards the subsidized price. You'd pay $200 for a $600 smartphone or something like that. And you get a two-year contract during which time the smartphone maker, the smartphone carrier, your wireless carrier like AT&T or Verizon or whatever, they recover what they spent to buy that phone. And now, of course, with T-Mobile, they change that. So in a sense, you have all sorts of different plans where you almost rent your phone, like with the AT&T Next plan, where you pay a higher price and you can upgrade your phone like every year or so, and you just turn in your old phone. So it's like renting or leasing your phone. And all you do is pay more money for it. And T-Mobile, of course, has a plan where, in a sense, you're buying it on time. You pay a tiny amount up front or nothing up front and pay it out over 24 months after which that amount is no longer on your wireless phone bill because you bought the product. It's the same thing as using your credit card for a $650 smartphone and you pay it out over the next year or 24 months or immediately, which might even be a cheaper way of doing it than doing it with a smartphone purchase with a wireless carrier. I don't know. It depends on your interest rate. But- that has changed things, and I'm wondering if that makes for a faster upgrade cycle because we have the incentive with these new plans to trade up more often. I'm going to ask that of Peter Cohen. He's from iMore at iMore.com, and he's been around the tech community for three or 400 years now, I understand. He doesn't want to admit to that, though. So maybe he uses electric eels to empower himself. I don't know what I'm saying. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turned 
turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of HB extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. Americans, prepare for financial ruin. That is what one of the world's richest men, Donald Trump, said just a few weeks ago. What are you doing to prepare? The problems that caused the last financial crisis were never fixed. In fact, they're even worse now. The total amount of debt in the U.S. has grown by more than 57% since September 2008. The two big-to-fail banks are much larger, and the massive derivatives bubble is spiraling so far out of control that the only thing left to do is watch the spectacular crash landing that is inevitably coming. If you're a baby boomer with retirement funds, it's time you consider exiting the Wall Street casino and start a cash-flowing international business of your own. There may be ways to preserve your wealth, but history has shown that few things can grow your wealth like having your own business. The crash is coming. Take measures now to soften the landing. Go to babyboomerbackupplan.com or call 888-507-8789. That's babyboomerbackupplan.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Peter Cohen joins us on the Tech Night Owl Live. And I was mentioning before that the way you buy a smartphone has now changed, or at least has more options. So in effect, you could rent a smartphone, trade up every year. Is that going to encourage more people to buy the new iPhone? Well, I think that that's definitely the hope, not only from uh, smartphone manufacturers like Apple, but also from the carriers themselves. You know, they want to see people constantly churning product, constantly having a reason to go in their stores and spend more money. Uh, to get the latest and greatest things. And, you know, Apple has been on an, a, a, a more or less annual cycle uh, for phones ever since the first iPhone was, was introduced in 2007. And I don't see any reason why they would change that. So there's certainly an incentive 
throughout the the supply side of the uh, smartphone ecosystem um, to get people to come in stores and uh, and buy new products. Um, and of course, uh, as you pointed out in the last segment, Gene, uh, T-Mobile kind of shook things up uh, as part of their what they call their uncarrier marketing program by uh, decoupling um, the cost of. Uh, the phone from the cost of the plan. Now, one one thing that you didn't articulate uh, very clearly in talking about that was that conventionally, uh, companies like uh, AT and T, uh, Verizon, Sprint lock you into a two year contract, and as part of that contract, you are paying a certain amount back to them for the phone. But what they're for what they're charging you for their service, it's not just that they're slowly incrementing the cost back of their phone. They're making a lot of money on you. If, if you're buying a $650 phone, you'll pay close to $1,200 uh, by the end of that. And that's got nothing to do with your interest rate. That's got everything to do uh, with the, the subsidization on top of what you're paying for actual services uh, through them. So T-Mobile shook that up a little bit. They decoupled that matrix a little bit. So if you own your own phone, as I do, um, you can go to T-Mobile and you can spend a nominal fee for a SIM card and get a either a pay-as-you-go or a prepaid plan, you know, a conventional um, monthly plan, and you you end up paying a lower rate. I own my own phone. In my case, I pay $60 a month for what I think is a very fair uh, plan. I compared that to what I was paying AT&T, and it was a pittance uh, compared to what I was paying AT&T for similar service. So uh, for me, it made a lot of sense, but of course, it meant that I had to take the the cash flow hit of paying six hundred and fifty dollars for an iPhone five S out of my own pocket up front, and that's not something that a lot of consumers are comfortable with. Consumers in North America, especially consumers in the United States, are very set on the idea that a smartphone should only cost them a hundred or two, not six hundred dollars. And I uh, work in a retail store where we sell Macs and iPads on the weekends, and uh, although we don't sell iPhones, a lot of our customers have questions about them, and I've got gotten into more than one argument with a customer saying, no, you didn't pay $200 for your iPhone 5S. You're paying $650 plus whatever interest the carrier is charging on top of that for your subsidized plan. You know, it, and usually it comes up in the, in the uh, so somewhere bracketed in a conversation about my iPhone is damaged. I broke it. I ran it over with my car. I dropped it out a window, whatever. And I have to replace it, and I don't have any insurance. How much is it going to cost? Well, are you in or out of contract? I'm in contract. Okay, then it's going to cost you $600. And that's usually when they throw their hands up and scream, what? I only paid $200 for this phone. No, you didn't. You put a $200 down payment on that phone, but you're paying for it over time. How Apple is going to stratify the, stratify the iPhone 6 pricing uh, schedule is, is a completely separate question, and it's really interesting because clearly there are going to be two different size phones. We don't know, however, where those phones are going to be sold. Are, are both phones going to be available in the United States and everywhere else that they're sold on day one? Is Apple restricting um, the availability of certain sizes to certain markets? What is Apple doing as far as subsidization with carriers? These are all question marks. We don't have solid answers for any of them. This obviously gets pretty, pretty complicated. But I think the cheapest way to get a smartphone is get a plan that's decoupled from the phone. Buy the phone yourself, even on your credit card, and pay it out as quickly as possible. And when you buy a new phone, sell the old phone. Get that money back. 
Yeah, if you can do it, then that's a great way to do it. You know, in my particular case, I have a wife and three teenage kids. So um, we believe a lot in the trickle-down economics theory or more more specifically the uh, the inheritance policy. You know, everybody gets everybody else's hand-me-downs. So, um, you know, my wife is using my iPhone 5 right now, which replaced my 5S. If I get an iPhone 6, she'll get the 5S and one of the kids will get the 5. But still, it beats having to pay for a new phone for, you know, each, each you know, kid that that comes up the ranks. So you have to do what what best suits you. But yeah, that's certainly one way to do it. The other way to do it is to, you know, have uh, be relatively comfortable with the upgrade cycle and know in August that it more than likely in September, Apple's going to announce a new phone and start shopping around at that point for companies that will buy your phone back from you and give you cash for them or uh, some type of prepaid uh, gift card for them. And there are a number of these sorts of uh, businesses available on the internet. Gazelle comes to mind. Power On, I think, is another one. Um, th- there are a number of different businesses that specialize in uh, taking your electronic items in, in, uh, in and, and, and reselling them. Typically, before an announcement or before any hint of an announcement is made, not necessarily any hint, but before any confirmed announcement is made from Apple, you will get a higher price. And there may even be a small window now. I haven't checked today, Gene, but there may be a small window now where, you know, if you act right now, you might be able to get a higher price on your phone. If you can live without an iPhone until the new iPhone starts shipping, then having to wait and, you know, suffer the depreciation that inevitably happens once a new product is out in the market. Yeah, but we might be talking here about $50 or so. So the key here, is it worth that loss of $50 or so. I don't think it's as high as 75. Is it worth that amount of money to have the inconvenience of living without a phone for a few weeks? And if your answer is no, then that's the cost of doing business. But that makes sense. I've done that in the past where I had a bunch of smartphones I wasn't using. And the last upgrade cycle, the iPhone 5S and the iPhone 5C, I got both. And I sold these older devices and I had $40 change. So I felt really good about that. No doubt. Yeah. So there are ways to do it. The other thing I think people should also do is there's so much cutthroat competition in the wireless phone industry. Before you make your choice, see what deals other companies will offer. Some will give you rebates for your termination fees, your early termination fees. Like T-Mobile does that, I think. They all do at this point. The other thing here is that when you make your new phone deal, go back to your existing carrier and say, look, I may have to leave because your rates are too high and see if they'll negotiate something. There's always some kind of package. There is always some kind of deal. It's like, for example, when you buy a car, there's no fixed price on that car. It's always negotiable. There's always a wiggle room. And I know that with AT&T, I've had my price lowered twice in the past year because of the competition. It's still a little bit higher, and I still have the option to leave. But there you go. Peter Cohen joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. 
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Whoa! This is big! By popular demand, the Freeze-Dry Guys Giant Factory Authorized Sale has been extended. Now through August, save 30 to 45% on number 10 cans of high-quality Mountain House freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy. Now's the time to stock up on all factory-fresh stock of the finest, best-tasting, longest-proven shelf-life foods in the industry at giant savings of 30 to 45%. But hurry, supplies are limited, so this sale is only through the end of August. Call 866-404-3663. Free shipping to the lower 48 states. Click freezedryguide.com or call 866 That's freezedryguide.com. Hurry! The giant factory authorized Mountain House sale with savings of 30 to 45% is extended through August from the Freeze Dry Guy, the finest freeze dried and dehydrated foods available anywhere for long term storage. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, There's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
If you own a business, you need customers, right? Well, your potential customers are listening to this radio program right now, and I can help you reach them. Hi, I'm Matt Brower, a national marketing executive at the radio network responsible for this program. I can help you customize a national radio campaign that fits your budget, large or small, while targeting your specific audience. Call me to learn how radio advertising can make your business more profitable. 877-996-4327, extension 128. That's 877-996-4327, extension 128. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl Live, Peter Cohen, longtime tech columnist, commentator with iMore and more or something like that. And we're talking here about the next iPhone. We kind of covered what the screen sizes might be, ways, of course, to deal with the financing of the next iPhone. Let's look briefly at other features before we go to the one more thing. There are stories this week about NFC, this near-field communications, which you find on Android and other phones. So far, Apple has avoided that. Do you think that would change? Well, Apple can always turn on a dime whenever it wants to um, and add new features that you didn't think that were going to be available. One thing that I've discovered through you know reporting on this stuff over the years is that past is not always prologue when it comes to Apple. You know, in many cases, it's it, you know past behavior is is a predictor of what a company or business is going to do in the future, and. Um, you know, we saw a number of times over the years, uh, even when uh, uh, Steve Jobs was alive, where Steve would say something like, um, no, that, you know, if, if you do that, then, um, you know, the product is a failure or, uh, you know, we're, we're never going to do that. And then Apple does it. And usually it's Apple does it in its own specific, unique way that makes it its own. But Apple does eventually um, capitulate and, and do what you know, the industry or what its customers are expecting it to do. Uh, in that respect, um, Apple could certainly turn on a dime and add NFC. Um, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about why ha Apple hasn't added NFC up until this point. And, you know, people speculated that it's because Apple is more interested in Passbook or, you know, Apple is more interested in uh, um, uh, Bluetooth low energy uh, technology or whatever. But the bottom line is they could. Um, and and it is worth pointing out, though, that this rumor that Apple has added NFC um, to the next iPhone is something – it's a recurring rumor that we have seen in a number of different news cycles, not just recently, but over the years, um, many times – uh, the rumor mills have suggested that Apple is going to add NFC to a new iPhone, whether it was the iPhone 4S or the iPhone 5 or the iPhone 5S, and it's just never happened up until now. So I, I take the rumors that I'm reading with a grain of salt, but I am happy to be, be proved wrong here. Recurring rumors. The latest one is also talking about NFC as being a gateway to wireless charging. I suppose this might be based on recent Apple patents, but remember, Apple patents lots of stuff that do not necessarily end up in a finished product. I think that's defensive trademarking or getting patents because they want to avoid someone else stealing that invention. So whether it's used or not or adapted or not, they'll get the patents on day one if they can. 
Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens on September 9th. It would be interesting. What we do know is that Apple, uh, I had mentioned Passbook, kind of just kind of in passing before. Um, if you're not familiar with it, Passbook is the feature in iOS that lets you basically have a mobile wallet on your iOS device, on your iPhone. So I use it, uh, for example, every time I go into Starbucks. I, I have a, a Starbucks card or a Starbucks account on my phone, and uh, it's linked in Passbook. So rather than having to open the Starbucks app to make payments, I just open up Passbook and scan my phone, and uh, the payment's automatically deducted from whatever is available on my account. I have my, my, my AAA card in Passbook. I have, uh, I've used it for uh, boarding tickets when I've taken flights. I just used it over the weekend to go to a, uh, a music concert. Um, Ticketmaster uh, supports Passbook. So there are all these applications for Passbook that would work perfectly. Plus, Apple you know, has um, uh, the App Store and iTunes. It's got over 800 million credit cards already on file. So Apple has this wealth of literal wealth of, of customer buying power at its disposal whenever it wants to flip the switch um, to some sort of mobile payment system. And NFC is finally, after many years of what seemed like very stalled um, uh, progress, making headway in the United States, um, partly thanks to its security, because um, there have been a, enough high-profile cases of uh, large vendors like Target, for example, getting hacked uh, and having payment information taken um, that um, uh, credit card companies, banks, uh, financial institutions are looking uh, for ways to make um, uh, electronic transactions uh, more simplified and more, but more secure at the same time um, to help avoid these problems in the future. I understand NFC is used very widely in San Francisco, for example. NFC is used widely abroad. You know, my friends from Canada and Europe come to the United States and don't understand why they can't just tap their card um, on payment stations at retailers instead of uh, um, instead of actually having to physically swipe their card um, and enter a debit number, which just seems horribly obtuse to them. Um, we we are definitely behind the curve. Last time I was in San Francisco, I didn't notice a, a huge uptake in uh, in NFC, but I, I wasn't looking very hard either. All right, will there be NFC? What's the next iPhone going to be like? <laughs> we'll know very soon. I do notice in passing that one of the smartphone makers has now introduced a Android phone with a low end sixty four bit chip, but Android already doesn't support 64-bit. That won't come till Android L. Not the L that you ride on in New York City. Android L is out later this year, some amorphous time. So to them, it's a buzzword. Let's move on to other things. One more thing. So the very same source from Recode, who had it right that Apple would hold an event on September 9th, he also said, they will introduce the iWatch then. Should we accept that because it's coming from that source? Uh, should we? I don't know. You know, but like I said before, I I, um, I found uh, him to be reasonably reliable, but uh, um, that doesn't mean that errors can't be made. Regardless, you know, we'll we'll see what the iWatch actually is. There's been so much speculation 
about what Apple would be doing with an iWatch that um, uh, it's it's kind of hard to see the forest through the trees right now and understand what exactly um, uh, they're going to bring to the table. Is this going to be a wearable? Is it going to be a fitness device? Is this going um, uh, to be an extension of what the iPhone is doing? We just don't know. Well, the only thing I would expect from an iWatch, and I'm going to sort of assume here there's a reasonable chance it'll be demonstrated, but maybe not released right away, and that is it's going to be very different in function from existing smartwatches. Very different. It's not going to be like a Galaxy Gear or the Moto 360 or the Pebble. And we notice also one thing here, one trend is just in the last couple of days, I guess ahead of the anticipated announcement from Apple, they're showing up new smart watches that look more like watches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. You know, Apple's been adding a lot of uh, personnel from the fashion industry um, into its uh, its senior ranks lately. Um, so clearly, Apple has designs on you know making a fashionable device that people will be proud to see on their wrists. So we'll see what happens. Would you buy an iWatch? I'm not assuming here you'll get one for review from Apple. I mean, go to your store and buy one. That all depends on what it does. I mean, um, I, I have yet to have a compelling reason to to, to, to wear a fitness wearable um, or a smartwatch as they exist now. I've never bought, bought a Pebble. I've never had the slightest interest in owning one. So I think it would really depend on what it did. It would have to do something that my existing devices couldn't do, um, and it would it, ha- it would have to offer me a compelling uh, user experience to make happen. So yeah, we'll see, you know. But until I, I I know what it's going to do for me and how it's going to make my life different, um, I'm not interested until then. We have Peter Cohen joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Suspensions, FCC investigations. That's man cow for you. Hear him here. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. If you suffer seasonal or environmental allergies and your doctor has told you that the only answer is medications for the rest of your life, Dr. Peter Glidden has an alternative solution that doesn't involve drugs with terrible side effects. 
One of my favorite add-on products to the 90 essential nutrients for people who are suffering with allergies is a product called Cell Shield RTQ. Cell Shield RTQ. The Q in that product stands for a biochemical called quercetin. And quercetin is a natural antihistamine. It doesn't flag out your immune system like antihistamines do. To manage your allergies without a lifetime of prescription or over-the-counter drugs, order Longevity's Cell Shield RTQ today by calling 855-347-3696. That's 855-347-3696 or on the web at fireyourmdnow.com. That's fireyourmdnow.com. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call 866-91-STEEL lock in your price now call 866-91-STEEL that's 866-917-8335 do you know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with Gene Steinberg. Now, one of the problems I think Apple has or any company making these so-called smartwatches is that most people these days, or a lot of people, don't buy watches anymore. That's a big nut to crack, especially younger people like my son. No longer has a watch that I can tell you. He wants to check his time. He takes out his iPhone. I'm, uh, you know, older than your son, and I haven't worn a watch in 10 years. So it's not just young people. You know, I'm, I'm squarely in middle age, and I, I've got no interest in, in, in owning a watch um, to be able to tell the time. I don't use one as a fashion accessory. I stopped wearing them when I started making laptops back in the PowerBook G4 days, my primary uh, workstation because I didn't want to scratch up the surface of it with um, impact from a metal band on my watch. 
Um, so I had practical reasons for not doing it, but certainly after, um, I, I got my first cell phone that had a built-in clock on it. I, I ran out of reasons to really have a watch and, you know, being able to put a, some pretty bling on my wrist just wasn't a compelling reason. Well, I think Apple has to confront that with an iWatch that a lot of people don't have watches anymore. Secondly, they would have to provide something that does put bling on your wrist, don't you think? Well, for me, no. Again, if 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 Apple is offering me a fashion accessory that duplicates the the capabilities of of existing devices, that is not something I am interested in in any way, shape, or form. I, I would not be interested in a device that does just that. The iWatch has to have some use case for it that the iPad, iPhone, and Mac don't have in order for me to be interested in it. It's not enough for me to want it because it looks pretty on my wrist. And the other thing to pay attention to is the fact that some people may say this is a sexist comment, but you have to accommodate the needs of the male and the female of the species, or any combination thereof. Having a men's watch, a woman's watch, maybe something a little fancier for those who are in the Rolex crowd, or like Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, who has a very expensive watch, get something for him. It isn't going to be just like a one type of watch that most of the other companies produce. True. You know, that's that's part of the problem here, too, is that, you know, watches, you know, occupy different um, economic strata, right? You can go out and you can get a, uh, a Timex um, or, you know, if you're interested in something fashionable, you can get like a Swatch or whatever. Swatches are back. But, uh, um, you know, clearly people who... Um, uh, you know, wear Rolexes and stuff like that are in a completely different class. I don't necessarily see Apple pushing anything out to the Rolex crowd, but I could be wrong. Well, they could have a premium model. Yeah, but is the premium model going to be priced at the same amount as a small car like a Rolex costs? Or, you know, is is it going to be a, you know, a, a six $700 device? That's two entire, entirely different markets. One way or the other, you know, like I said, at, at, at the crux of it, Apple can't just uh, make a pretty bauble um, that, 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 that looks good on your wrist. It's got to do something. Um, it's it's got to have a basic uh, function um, that corresponds to its form because that's what Apple does. Apple designs things that, that are designed to be used uh, and that are designed to make their users' life better. Um, so, uh, you know, pontificating over... Uh, you know, designing watches for men and for women and for rich people and for uh, the proletariat uh, doesn't interest me as what is what is this damn thing going to do? And that we just don't know yet. So this is September 9th, if, if, if we take uh, what we're reading on face value, September 9th is the day we're going to find out. My only suggestion there is this will be introduced as a technology demonstration and the actual release for sale of an iWatch won't happen till October or early November. I think that that's a pretty safe bet. And, you know, as far as October, November is concerned, we'll see. But um, I, I strongly suspect that whatever Apple would be introducing on, on September 9th would not be available for, for sale that day. No. This gives him time. It's not like you're introducing an update to an existing product where the lead time has to be pretty short because you don't want to kill sales of the older model. This is what happens more with iPhones and to some extent with iPads. 
Not so much with Macs, although Mac updates in the last couple of years haven't really been major. So you can have last year's iMac, and there's no iMac for this year except for a real cheap one, and not feel that you're suffering from the lack of certain features. Let's look at other stuff that's going on here in the Apple universe. And there was this announcement not too long ago that Apple and Samsung will no longer pursue legal action against each other outside of the United States. So is that step one of a process to get this behind them? It's a gradual chilling, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's uh, the U.S. and the Soviet Union meeting in uh, Reykjavik. You know, hopefully it's the start of something good. Well, the logic here seems to make sense. I mean, supposedly Apple does a lot of business with Samsung in terms of component parts. So why all this nonsense? What's well, part of Samsung's DNA to imitate somebody else's product? Yeah, and Samsung does it uh, relentlessly. And Apple is the one that called them on it, and Apple has deep enough pockets to really get anywhere. But where have they gotten? They haven't stopped the sale of any Samsung products in this latest trial in Northern California. What's happened is they've been awarded money, but the judge says, no, I'm not going to ban the sale of the products. So I don't know. I'm guessing here she is so sick of these lawsuits, she'll do anything to end these cases. Well, the lawsuits don't help anybody except the lawyers. Um, so, uh, you know, a- Apple and, and Samsung, I, I think, um, uh, are fighting a war of attrition right now. And um, that that uh, agreement that you're talking about is is a signal of sort of mutual detente. You know, hopefully it'll 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 slow down from here on out. Well, Apple already has done some things with Google regarding lawsuits. And you think in the end, it works better for everybody. If there's detente, they can compete on other levels. Google can still use iOS for some of their products and services, even if they don't have maps and stuff. So Google still makes money from iOS. Of course, the other thing that goes on in the Google universe or the Android universe, as people know, is that Microsoft makes a lot of money from Android over royalties for intellectual property. In fact, they're involved in a lawsuit with Samsung over the fact that Samsung doesn't want to pay that money to them. Right, yeah. So I don't know where that goes. Any comments here about what we're hearing about the possibilities of Windows 9 from Microsoft? No, I'm I'm really not that invested in the Windows uh, uh, the Windows world. Um, so I I don't. Our uh, um, our our man in the street, Daniel Rubino, who runs uh, Windows Phone Central um, uh, for Mobile Nations, may have some some insights, but I don't. We're gonna have to see where that ends up. I know that every time I've tried to use Windows eight or eight point one in a parallels virtual machine. By the way, Parallels are going to join us next. We'll talk about Parallels 10. But every time I try to do that, after maybe a half hour of struggling with it, I say, I don't need this. And how does Microsoft get around that? I can't be the only one. I can tolerate Windows 7. It's a perfectly usable operating system. It's certainly decent enough, and it works fine. But Windows 8, ah. You know, it's interesting. As I said before in an earlier segment, I work in a store where we sell um, Macs and iPads. And um, 
I find it interesting that every time I work, um, somebody comes in the door who's interested in the Macintosh. And the first thing that they tell me is that my old computer died. Maybe it's running Windows XP. Maybe it's running Vista. Maybe it's running 7. And I don't want to get a new computer running Windows 8. So I'm taking a look at Macs. Now, we don't sell a new Mac to every person who walks in the door um, who says this. But I know that from Apple's own um, analysis of the customers who are shopping in their stores, and I don't suspect it's you know markedly statistically different at ours, uh, half the people who walk in to buy a new Macintosh are new to the platform. Uh, you know, the people who used Windows uh, computers before maybe just didn't have a computer at all. Uh, there are still some of those folks out there. So um, there are a lot of Windows switchers, um, and there have been for years, and it's a continuing trend. Uh, and it's done nothing but, you know, Windows 8's done nothing but push more people towards the Macintosh. It's it's not a user experience that um, uh, w- that many Windows um, uh, uh, mainstream users have embraced wholeheartedly. It's not something that, that's an object of desire. It's not aspirational in any way. So there you um, go. Let's pursue this in our next segment. One more segment coming with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Next to water and food, you need a safe, storable fuel supply for your preparedness needs. Spare fuel is the answer. Spare fuel can be used in any gas-powered vehicle or generator. Spare fuel is perfect for any unforeseen out-of-gas emergencies. Unlike gasoline, spare fuel is safe to store with your other supplies, and it can be stored for many years. Go to GetSpareFuel.com for special pricing. That's GetSpareFuel.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
So it's not as if people clamored for the interface formerly known as Metro in Windows 8, Peter Cohen, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that always bothered me is they had this interface, the initial versions with the Zoom, it didn't go anywhere. They used it for Windows Phone, which got decent reviews, but still occupies, what, 2 3% of the market, depending on where you are. So why take an interface without a good track record and believe that if you transferred it to desktop computers, people would say, wow, gosh, golly gee whiz, I got to have this. Never understood that. Yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's difficult. I think that, and you know, Apple faces this every time it iterates its operating systems. You know, when it went from iOS six to iOS seven, when it went from Mountain Lion to Mavericks, and ostensibly as it's coming going from iOS seven to iOS eight, and from Mavericks to Yosemite, they have to uh, stir the pot enough to interest people into getting it. There, there is a a fine give and take there of you know what do we change, what do we improve that actually entices and encourages users to latch on to the latest thing. I think Apple's secret sauce in this respect is a lot more successful than Microsoft because, you know, as, as Apple has iterated its its operating systems, especially ever since it adopted this yearly upgrade path, which it did, I think, uh, back in 2011, the company has been able to offer really compelling reasons uh, for customers to continue upgrading their machines and replace older machines that can't be upgraded uh, to the latest version of the software. And, you know, that's continuing absolutely with iOS 8 and Yosemite. It's very interesting to see what Apple's doing there because they're making continuity, as they call it, such a key component of the way that these two operating systems work with one another. You've got this functionality in iOS 8 and Yosemite when paired together where the 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 it's the concept of gestalt, the 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 sum is greater than the individual parts. You've got user interface tweaks in Yosemite, you've got some new functionality, some new capabilities, you've got some tweaks in iOS 8 as well, but uh, for the very first time, um, you're going to be able to send and receive SMS messages and MMS messages on your Macintosh in the messages application if your phone is within proximity of your Macintosh. Uh, you know, thanks to continuity, you're going to have a much easier time uh, transferring data between the two devices. Uh, they'll work much seamless, much more seamlessly. So if you go to create an email on your iPad, you can just open up your Mac and continue creating that email. Uh, if you decide you want to attach a file to it or just work on a keyboard where you're more comfortable um, in a very seamless way. This is a compelling user experience. This is a giving Mac and iOS users a very specific, very enticing reason to upgrade to iOS 8 and Yosemite both. Looking at it from the flip side, looking at it from, from Redmond, Washington, Microsoft hasn't been that successful because uh, Windows 8 isn't giving users a compelling reason to upgrade outside of what some users consider to be a very jarring user interface. And Windows Phone, as good as Windows Phones are, and they are really good little phones, haven't been able to offer users a compelling reason to switch away from their Android uh, smartphones or their iPhones either. And part of that has to do with, you know, just the, the, the richness and diversity in the ecosystem. There isn't the third-party application support for, for Windows Phone that there is for Android and for iPhone. Uh, there certainly aren't the same number of applications or the same diversity in applications that are available. Uh, and thus, people aren't interested as much as they would be, you know, in something that would offer a comparable user experience. Well, 
Microsoft certainly has their work cut out for them. Yes, they do. To try to make things relevant. And still, you know, they're still doing things that don't make any sense. I saw these ads, for example, with the Surface 3 comparing it to the MacBook Air. And they're saying, well, this has a touchscreen. The MacBook Air doesn't. Okay, who needs one? This has a stylus. The MacBook Air doesn't. But wait a minute. With a keyboard, the Surface 3 costs more than a MacBook Air with a fairly close configuration. And the high-end versions of the Surface 3 are in the same price range as a 15-inch MacBook Pro with Retina display. What was Microsoft thinking? <laughs> you are barking up the wrong tree if you're expecting me to answer that. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't expect you to be able to answer that. I think that's one of those imponderables about Microsoft. But I think also the new CEO is trying first to deal with things that were done before he took over. So, for example, the purchase of Nokia's handset division that was engineered by Steve Ballmer. So, all right, they're throwing away 40% of the employees acquired in that transaction. But I kind of wonder here, if it doesn't take off right away, they'll pawn that off to somebody else and get out of that business. That's not their business. It's like Google with Motorola Mobility. Yeah, that was a big ticket purchase from Microsoft. I don't think they're going to be walking away from that deal anytime soon. Uh, but, you know, Microsoft wanted to, to, to own the hardware that's had the most success um, running its software. And, and one can hardly blame them for that because that's been a successful, a very successful business model for Apple. Um, of course, it's predicated on people wanting the device, which they just haven't been able to uh, demonstrate a need for or a want for in very large numbers. Gee, it has Skype on it. Wait a minute. So does the iPad and the Mac. Gee, it has Microsoft Office. So do the Mac and the iPad. So what's different? We're back to the touchscreen and the stylus. Yeah. The touchscreens are an iPad, but who cares about a stylus? Well, you know, I think that it depends on how the stylus is implemented, too. You know, I and... Um, certainly a lot of people who buy iPads um, have uh, end up buying styluses for them as well. And those work just as well on iOS as they do um, on, on, uh, on Surface tablets. Exactly. If you want one, you can get one. What about the keyboard? Of course, you can get perfectly serviceable keyboards for an iPad. Lots of keyboards. In fact, some will make it almost look like a Surface tablet. They're embedded in the cover, and you can kind of prop them up in some sort of way. And they don't cost any more than the keyboard on the Surface tablet. Some cost less. That's right. So this is the problem. Microsoft is selling a product advantage that doesn't exist. Yeah, Microsoft is trying to, um, to offer some consumers who may not really have a lot of knowledge about how these products work, some compelling reasons to consider theirs over the, uh, the MacBook Air. But I really think it's an apples and oranges comparison, if you'll pardon the pun. Well, we forgive puns here, because nope. being an old disc jockey, I have been punning with the best of them. <laughs> okay, fast questions. We have about a minute and a half left. Okay, we obviously know that iOS 8 will be released probably the week after, or the probably a few days thereafter, after the September 9th event. OS 10 Yosemite. We expect it in October, but... One of its most important features, continuity, requires iOS 8 and vice versa. So do you think Apple might strive to get out Yosemite earlier? 
Well, that is a very good question, Gene. And um, you, all I can say is that Apple is very aggressive um, and and has been very consistent about releasing new beta builds of um, of Yosemite. Um, they've they're, they've been on a, a biweekly track now for uh, for quite some time. Um, and I don't see them changing that uh, until it's done. But you're absolutely right about that. You know, continuity is a key feature, not only of iOS 8 and of Yosemite, um, uh, but but also of Yosemite. And it makes sense for Apple to try to coordinate uh, the release of, of both um, operating systems as closely as they can. Having said that, I don't think that iOS 8, having iOS 8 in the world is going to diminish um, uh, and not having Yosemite in the world, I should say, also, um, is not going to diminish um, the, the advantages of iOS 8 because there's certainly a lot under the hood there that's um, going to keep um, users busy um, while uh, Apple's putting the finishing touches on Yosemite. So assuming that Yosemite does go out to, to October, as we expect, um, I, I don't think it'll be a huge deal. I just think that there's going to be some stuff that Apple's just simply going to have to wait to flip the switch on um, until uh, Yosemite is ready. Peter Cohen, where do we find more of your stuff? I'm more and on Twitter at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. My pleasure, Gene. Thank you very much for having me. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the re-emergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. 
Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV for over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products, most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have John Uppendahl from Parallels joining us. And of course, he'll be talking about Parallels Desktop 10 for the Mac. But before we bring John on, let me give you a little bit of a history. Because back in 2006, the first Macs with Intel Inside appeared and went on sale. And very shortly thereafter, I heard from someone from Parallels say, would you like to try this beta version of a new virtual machine app for the Mac? Now, up until then, in the old days of PowerPC, you wanted to run Windows on a Mac, and it was bad. I mean, glacial. It was slow because you were emulating in software another processor family. But when Apple went to the same processors used for Windows, things turned around. Things became much better. So tell us a little bit about the history of Parallels Desktop, John Uppendahl. Well, hey, thanks so much, Gina. Absolutely. And you're, you're completely correct, as always. Back in 2000. I'm delighted over that. Apple I really Inter appreciate that. 
<laughs> and back in 2006, Apple introduced the Intel chip, and we'd been working on Parallels desktop technology for a couple years before that. And then Apple released Boot Camp in beta, which would let you have Windows on your Mac, but you'd have to restart it in Windows mode to use it, and you couldn't run them both at the same time or copy and paste. Two days after Boot Camp beta came out, Parallels released Parallels desktop for Mac, and everybody was basically, oh my God, I don't have to restart my Mac. I can copy and paste and do these magical things at the same time. And then it was like having another a window or a screen, uh, kind of a boxed windows with inside your Mac and you could use the applications. Then a couple years later, we came out with, among other things, coherence mode, which let you make windows invisible. It would be running in the background when you need it on your Mac and you could run all your windows apps and they'd look and behave like Mac apps. Today with Parallels Desktop 10 for Mac, we've taken this so much further. We let you do everything from running multiple multiple virtual computers, you know, Windows 7, XP, Google Chrome OS, Android x86, Ubuntu, you name it, all on your Mac. And so you can do it all on one computer and access and run and everything with natural Mac gestures, just like you would expect. And it makes it simple and easy. Now, how do you provide the speed advantage? Is it because of the fact that you have the Intel processor inside? It's the Intel processor, but mostly it's really a lot of very complex technology that we have been developing for years in the way that we work with the Mac operating system and let you bring features to Windows. And so it's really a lot of code and special technology that's doing very hard things. But it makes it simple for you so you don't have to think about it. If you have a PC, for example, we have a wizard that will move your entire PC onto your Mac, including Windows, all of your applications that you've invested in, all of your files, and have everything in the right place, saving you a fortune so you don't have to repurchase software you've already bought, saving you time because you don't have to figure out how to do all of that. And so that's one simple thing. But you can add Windows, whatever operating system you want, and then you can take those applications and you can add them to your dock. You can add them to your launch pad. When you open, say, Microsoft Word for Windows or Excel, you can zoom, you can use Mac gestures on it, and it all feels natural so you don't have to think about it. But maybe you're somebody who who's just moving to a Mac and you still need to use a lot of Windows and that's what you're most, most comfortable with, well, you can bring it full screen and make it look and work exactly like a PC, except you're on the beautiful Mac hardware, which also tends to run better and faster with Parallels than it, than it does on PCs. And I think we should mention here, too, it links to your printers. So, for example, you want to print yeah. your document... You do. And here's a key thing here we should emphasize, John, and that is that whether we like it or not, companies that build cross-platform software, they build the Mac version and the Windows version, quite often the Windows version has more features. One of the most notorious examples is Quicken. So if you get Quicken for Windows, it always does more things in Quicken for the Mac. This is even true with Quicken 2015 for the Mac. In fact, they have a wish list 
where you can vote for the features from the Windows version you'd like to see in the Mac, but if you don't want to wait, you just use the Windows version, right? No, Gene, again, you're absolutely right. In fact, you know, Parallels Desktop has been the number one selling uh, software for running Windows on a Mac for more than seven years. We've got well over 90% market share and well over 5 million customers. And one of the things that I can tell you is today our Parallels Desktop customers run well over 10 to 20,000 different Windows applications. Now, I can't name 10 to 20,000 different Windows applications. But I can, and many of them, the things are for the reasons you say right there, exactly. People may think, oh, well, I have Microsoft Office for Mac. I'm okay. Well, maybe you are, but not if I ask you where you need to create a pivot table chart in Excel, because that isn't a feature in Excel and Office for Mac. Yeah, that's one of the things that people have been complaining about, that Excel doesn't have the pivot tables on the Mac version. You kind of wonder when and if Microsoft will do that, or I guess they still hope you'll buy Windows 8 or something. Or another thing that happens a lot is companies, businesses you may work for, they created their own proprietary software to do certain things. It may not even be updated. Maybe it's running on Windows XP or Windows 7. Parallels lets you do whatever you need to do, regardless of platform, on one computer and do it the way you want to. We'll even let you create your own shortcuts that you like to use the most and make them at your disposal. Now, obviously, we have the boot camp alternative, which is a native way of running Windows on a Mac, but you got to reboot your computer and you're very limited in OS versions, usually like the current version of Windows or something like that. It may work, for some, but if you need that flexibility, you've got to have the virtual machine. You're absolutely right. And another issue with boot camp is you, you need to install boot camp partitions right when you get your computer because once you start using some of the memory space, you won't have enough room to do a clean partition, which means if you've had your Mac for a while, you would basically have to wipe or erase it, reinstall OS 10, and reinstall everything, create the partition. It's just more trouble than it's worth. And the great thing about Parallels Desktop is the speed and performance is so good, you're really not going to notice the difference at all. You'd be surprised at just all of the people and major companies that are using it. And for those of you who remember the Mars rover landing not too long ago, we had some Parallels fans that were watching Mission Control on TV and saw all the Macs in there. And somebody took a picture because they saw a Parallels desktop running on the Macs when they were landing the Mars rover. John Uppendahl okay. from Parallels is joining us. We're talking about Parallels Desktop 10 for the Mac and other subjects coming up here on the Tech Night Out Live. We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to A2Hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, A2Hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, 
They're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Summertime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know summer is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for summer specials, including all sizes of colloidal silver, colloidal minerals, and intestinal freedom on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, hoodia, and metabolic complex and pro-metabolic all on sale now. Also, the anti-parasite intestinal freedom and wormwood plus complex plus stevia liquid sweetener and the super enzymes all on sale for summer at herbalhealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and look for summer specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education. Since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else. A meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical-free, but they're loaded with flavor. And a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, six vegetable and black bean olive go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010 and order today eat them every day take them camping or save them for an emergency check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon that's 30dayfoodsupply.com where all of our products are produced in oregon by oregon trail foods 30dayfoodsupply.com What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. John Uppendahl from Parallels, he's vice president of communication. That's why he talks so well. And he's spreading the word about Parallels Desktop 10 for the Mac. And I guess one of the questions has been about virtual machines. How close 
can you come to a native Windows environment? In terms of coming close to a native Windows environment, it, the performance is so close, you're not going to notice the difference. Uh, in fact, what I'm constantly surprised at, and I heard this again from somebody else today, is that running Windows in Parallels Desktop on my Mac, and I'm even thinking back to like one of the first MacBook Airs that was you know, smaller and not as powerful, it ran and booted faster, significantly faster than my Dell uh, Windows PC, which was a great high-end laptop, ran. And so um, not only are you going to get your native performance, but you're going to get the convenience of being able to access any application, Windows or Mac, or other operating systems without having to restart your computer. You can even have multiple op- have them both running at the same time and just go back and forth. And when you're not using Windows in parallels, it's zero CPU hits, no tax on your computer at all. Okay, you were mentioning running multiple OS. Can you run a guest OS 10 on there? Absolutely. In fact, we make it really easy for you to run a guest OS 10. Or Parallels, a new virtual machine wizard, has uh, an option where you can make a copy of your OS X from your recovery partition so you don't have to mess with installing like another four gigs or whatever of, of software. We can do all that automatically for you. And that can be really helpful for people who want to try new things. For example, maybe you want to try some beta software or a new program upgrade well, if you try it and run it in your guest, your copy of your Mac OS X, if something goes wrong, you don't have anything to worry about. Even if it totally went haywire and somehow destroyed everything, you just throw away that virtual machine and your host computer is perfectly fine and you can just create another virtual machine. So it's a really safe way to try new things. Does it support OS X Yosemite? Yes, Absolutely. The OS X Yosemite, as you know, is not out yet, but Parallels Desktop 10 for Mac supports it. And so if you're one of the fortunate people who has a developer preview or the public beta, you can run Parallels Desktop on OS X Yosemite. And you can also run OS X Yosemite as a guest. In fact, what many people like to do if they're going to try OS X Yosemite is they will keep their Mac running on, say, Mavericks, install Parallels Desktop 10, and then they will run OS X Yosemite as a guest so they can experience the new operating system, which is still in beta development, not final, without putting their main computer at risk. So we have a few minutes left. Parallels Desktop 10, we've mentioned it several times. What new and different features are you offering? Well, we're offering quite a bit. Um, For example, one of the things that people use the most is office applications. And now we enable you to launch them up to 50% faster. Another one is battery life. Nobody says I have too much battery life. And with Parallels Desktop 10, we give you up to 30% more battery life. But there's also lots of other um, 
other features. Um, you know, virtual machines uh, use up to less, uh, use up to 10% less memory. And we do things like let you, when you start a virtual machine or you're going to install one, we let you select what you're going to use it most for. Is it going to be productivity, games, design, or development? You select that and we will configure the virtual machine for you. Um, and so it's optimized for that. And of course, you can always change your, your settings later. And we'd let you do some things like uh, share files, text, or web pages for Windows using Internet accounts configured on your Mac, such as Twitter, Facebook, Vimeo, Flickr, etc. And, you know, that's like one of the new features of, um, you know, Yosemite is you can, say, highlight a number and call it with your iPhone or FaceTime on for the Mac applications. We also let you do that in the Windows applications. And we do just a variety of things, like let you see if you're going to open a file on your desktop, it would open as a Mac file, but maybe you want it to open in Windows instead. We let you simply drag and drop it to your uh, virtual machine and it'll open in Windows or whatever you need it to open in. And then one of the other things is memory. A lot of computers today are getting the, the wonderful SSD flash drives. The trouble is they're expensive and smaller than you'd like. And so we have an mem automatic memory reclaim feature that lets you keep more memory because every time you write and delete, write and delete, your virtual machine gets bigger and not smaller even though you've deleted because it uh, doesn't overwrite the deleted space. We clean all of that up for you without you even having to close your machine or do anything and can give you back that space in real time. And I've been in situations where that's given me more than 15 gigabytes back, which is quite a lot when you're on a smaller SSD drive. Remember those infamous 64 gigabyte MacBook Airs that aren't that <laughs> old. Yeah, and some of those are still around. <laughs> and, and so it all, um, every, every little bit man, uh, matters. And, you know, we have other things, too. We have a control center, which is a one-stop shop for managing Parallels desktop in your machines and configurations all from, uh, you know, the same place. And, and you know, there's other features that we've had, too, like we let you use Mac dictation in Windows text-based documents. You know, it just goes on and on with all of these just blending of features to give you the best of all worlds. Kind of like a continuity for Windows. And by the way, there's a mobile version of this too? A mobile app? Um, no, there, there, we have a mobile app which is different and it doesn't require Parallels Desktop at all. Um, but regarding Parallels Desktop, everybody can download a free trial of it at parallels.com forward slash desktop. And so you can try Parallels Desktop for Mac for yourself. And we have a, a separate piece of software that's unrelated. It's an app, uh, Parallels Access for iPhone, iPad, uh, Android tablets, and Android phones. And everybody can get a free trial of it in the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store. You download it and, it, and install it on your, your phone or tablet. And then it tells you how to install this other little piece of software on your PC or Mac. And what it enables you to do is remotely access everything on your computer from anywhere in the world, every file and application, 
just like they were made for your mobile device with touch gestures and everything. Instead, and um, and even if they're not have apps that are available for your mobile device, for example, Office is not available for Android. Yet we make Office and every other program you own from AutoCAD to proprietary business ones to your favorite stuff you wish would come to your mobile device available to you today. And it's not like a shrunken down desktop that you can't use because it's not touch. We've redesigned it all and it's just really amazing. Even Microsoft can't do that for Windows 8, you know. <laughs> That's an interesting thing to say. No. Jo John, we got 30 seconds left. Just tell our listeners again where to go to get that trial version of Parallels Desktop 10 and to follow up with more information about your product. Yeah, thank you so much. Everyone can download a free trial of Parallels Desktop 10 by going to Parallels, P-A-R-A-L-L-E-L-S dot com forward slash desktop. And if you want to try our mobile app, Parallels Access, just go to parallels.com forward slash access. You'll find all the information there. You can try it for free and enjoy. Thank you so much, John Uppendahl from Parallels. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks so much, Gene. Always a pleasure. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial, just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. 
Hi, my name is Scott Fuchs, teacher and rowing coach for over 14 years. I was sluggish, overweight, on prescription drugs, and only 30-something. Fortunately, I was referred to Dr. Z, and happy to say Dr. Z's all-natural protocols over a consistent course resolved my health issues. I'm in the best shape of my life, and most importantly, on zero medications. I'm Dr. Zdanowski, author of Evology, trained as a primary care physician, surgical manipulation under anesthesia, expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health, a balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential, reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z. 201-945-1177-201-945-1177 EvolveYourself.com What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com and in a word the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's Powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Josh Centers from Tidbits and Take Control Books, and we're going to talk about his odyssey to replace the failing battery on his iPhone 5. Now, famously, I did not have an iPhone 5. I went from an iPhone 4S to a brief foray into Android land with a Samsung Galaxy S4 and the predecessor, the S3, and went into an iPhone 5S. So presumably, I have no battery problems. However, Apple has now instituted, what, an extended repair program to replace failing iPhone 5 batteries? What's the story about that? Before we get into yours and your encounters. Uh, essentially, they are recalling certain uh, batteries from certain iPhone 5 models. You have to go to a website on Apple's homepage and then enter your serial number to know if you qualify or not. And then if you do, you either have to go to the Apple store or you have to send your phone into Apple and they will replace it free of charge. Okay. So to make this clear, normally your iPhone will have a one-year warranty, but you can get Apple Care and extend it for two years. So if your battery fails after the warranty is out, you're stuck for what, $100 or so? I think it's $79 to replace the battery. Okay, not so bad. Can they do that in the store, or does it have to be shipped off to Apple? No, they do it in the store, but it can take uh, a couple hours. So it's something like you go in in the morning, you go off to work or for lunch, you attempt to live without the iPhone in your pocket, 
you come back, you hand them your credit card, and your iPhone battery is replaced. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, but you had an early potential failure of the battery on your iPhone 5. What happened? Well, after I installed iOS 7, I noticed that the battery is draining faster than usual, which isn't that odd given an iOS update. But then it also started um, dying at around you know twenty to thirty percent um, instead of dying you know at around zero percent like it should, and it kept getting worse over time. You know, at, at first I thought it was just an iOS seven bug because a lot of people were reporting the same thing, and it seemed to coincide with that update. But you know, I eventually figured, you know, decided that it, it couldn't be a bug because you know they'd already released several updates and never addressed it. So I took it in to the Genius Bar a couple of weeks ago, and they took a look at it. Said, "Yep, your battery is diminished, but not enough for us to replace it under Apple Care Plus, which I paid ninety nine dollars for at the time I bought the iPhone." And so I said, well, I'm not going to spend $79 for a phone I'll probably replace inside of a month or so. So I uh, you know, went home, laid it to rest until they announced this replacement program. And so then I made an appointment to go back to the Apple store. And actually, I have a Apple authorized repair center that's a little closer to my house than the Apple store. But I called and they said... Apple wasn't letting them replace batteries under this program. Uh, your local uh, Apple authorized repair uh, store might uh, might be able to do that, but mine couldn't. And uh, a couple others have asked couldn't do it either. So um, you're basically forced to go to the Apple store. And so I uh, I went to the Apple store and, uh, you know, they said, OK, yeah, we'll replace this, but uh, we don't have any batteries. Uh, could, could you come back in a couple of days? And my Apple store is about 90 minutes away from me. I already driven there twice. So I'd already wasted, you know, a good you know, three, you know, four and a half hours doing this. And uh, I told the guy, I'm like, I'm, I probably won't come back if I, if I have to drive all the way back here. So he double checked and he said, okay, well, we might have some more later today. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll hang around the area for a while. And so I went off and did some other things. They call me. I come back. Um, they say, yeah, you know, they, they call me and say, oh, yeah, we have your battery in. So I go back and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll fix this now. But it'll take two hours to replace a battery. So um, all of a sudden done, I, you know, wasted, I don't know, probably just yesterday, well, by the time this airs, it'll be a few days ago. But in one day alone, I wasted about six hours getting this battery replaced. Now, let me ask you a question here. From the time you start and open the case until the time you actually put the battery in, test it, close the case, etc., how long does it physically take to do this? Well, you would have to ask Adam Inkst about that since he's actually done the repair himself. Um, and he's told me that, well, he's written about also and said it's a bit trickier than with the iPhone 4. Um, I would suspect it does not take a full two hours to do the repair, but they, um, you know, every Apple store I've ever been in is always slammed. And, and the one I go to in particular is tiny and it's always full of people and they can't seem to hire enough uh, people at the Apple store to handle the crowds, even on a, a, you know, a weekday morning. So that probably had more to do with it. Actually, when I was picking up my phone, uh, there was like about there was three other people uh, right there. 
picking theirs up also who had the same battery issue. So this is a pretty widespread problem, and it doesn't seem like it seems like Apple's having a hard time uh, keeping up with demand. Well, the key being here that yes, it maybe takes twenty minutes to do. I'm just guessing from what you're telling me. Maybe it takes twenty minutes, thirty minutes to do or less. But if you got ten backed up, a couple of hours makes sense. How many technicians do they have back there? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. I mean. Um of course, you know, they have, you know, other problems to deal with also, you know, they have, you know, Mac repairs and uh, things like that, I'm guessing. So, uh, but but, but still, point being, uh, very frustrating process. Uh, I feel like a lot of time could have been saved. You know, even if, you know, when I when I made the appointment, if, if they could have had some way for me to indicate to them, I'm coming here for this specific issue, so I will need a new battery. You know, if they could have sent me an iMessage or a push notification or even an email and said, don't come just yet. We don't have a battery for you. We will we will notify you when we have your battery in stock, um, which is part of that's my mistake. I should have called the store first and asked them about it, but I, it didn't click in my head that that would be a problem. So um, if you're getting this repair done uh, and in the article I wrote about this on tidbits, I've, I've listed a few more tips. But my advice to you is call them first. Make sure they have the battery in stock because there's there's a good chance they may not. Now, that's one more thing about it. The system of scheduling an appointment with the Apple Genius Bar, it may cover categories but not specific items. So there's apparently no place where you could have said, I need to replace this battery. How long will it take? Whatever. And whoever handles the scheduling, after you schedule it, the local people can review these special messages and call you back and say, wait a minute, we don't have the battery. Or you could schedule it in a way that you don't have to wait two or three hours. Yeah, the, well, and I scheduled through the Apple Store app on my iPhone, and there's there's no way to select what the issue is through the app. You have a comment box, and that's it. If, if you do it that way, there is no um, programmatic way to determine what the issue is or what I'm in there for. And I doubt anyone ever reads what I put in the comment box because I always have to explain it again once I get to the Apple store. So I don't even see why they even have a comment box. <laughs> okay, well, that's the point I was raising, the fact is there's no way to alert this store in a proper way. I mean, if you have a recall of your car, and we have, of course, millions of people with this problem with the defective ignition switches on GM cars. Now, when someone calls the dealer and says, I have a recall notice here, I want to schedule a service appointment, they'll say, okay, we'll set you for this time. And you have the option to wait for something, in which case they schedule it one way, or leave the car, in which case it gets lower priority because they figure it's going to be there for a few hours. But if you say, I'm going to wait, they'll make sure they take care of it within a short period of time so you don't have to wait an unusual amount of time. I'll give you an example. I brought my car in for service just the other day for an oil change. So it's an oil change, oil filter, some kind of fuel additive. They check the brakes and the tires and everything. And then they wash the car. Normally it takes 45 minutes to an hour. I had them do an extra step, which required another hour, which they warn you in advance. And, you know, most responsible dealers that's it. That's how long you wait. You're not actually just waiting there for someone to get to it. Most of the time is actually spent with the actual service procedure because they schedule things very carefully. They have to because car dealers make a lot of their money from service. There's a lot of competition for service and they don't want to inconvenience customers as much as possible. But with Apple here, I think maybe 
things are becoming so complex, maybe they have to find a way to be more accommodating to a customer's needs. The same is true, for example, if you have a Mac that goes bad, this is your primary business machine. So obviously, like a Mac Pro, I believe they'll come to your home with an iMac. They'll come to your home in many situations, depending on where you live with an Apple Care policy. But if you bring it in and you say, okay, you need new logic board, whatever it is, you got to open it up. What happens next? I'll tell you. Josh Sanders joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Moms of America, stand up and stop taking abuse from your kids. I pledge never to let my kid disrespect me ever again. I pledge to stop letting my daughter walk all over me. I pledge to stop living in fear of my son's anger. I pledge never to feel like a bad parent ever again. Because I'm not. I pledge to stop letting my child's behavior control my home. I pledge to be a mom with kids who listen. A total transformation mom. I'm Janet Lehman, co-creator of the Total Transformation Program. We created the Total Transformation to help parents with difficult child behavior. Now I'm giving it away free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. Call now. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Josh Centers. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. So here's the deal. You have a problem. They're not going to get to it right away. They may keep it for a couple of days. Now, if you need that Mac for business, what do you do? You're a small business. It's your one and only main production computer. Will Apple give you a loaner? No. Let you I, install I... your software on it and get some work out, and then they'll wipe it clean to give it to somebody else? No. I actually had that problem earlier this year because um, I had something on my logic board in my MacBook Pro go bad, which is a pretty common problem. In fact, maybe the most common problem these days with uh, Macs. And uh, what I had to do, I keep make a mirror of my hard drive every night 
And so um, my wife has a MacBook Pro, a 13-inch of the same vintage. And so I just uh, borrowed hers and booted from my external drive. And that kept me going for a couple of days, but it was painfully slow. And you're lucky that she had the time to let you do it. Maybe she would have needed it for her own job and you'd be fighting over access. But that's the point. Even at a slightly extra cost, let people rent a computer. Because this is not a $600 Dell. This is something you're spending $900 to as much as $10,000 for a fully decked out Mac Pro. You may pay for Apple Care. You should get some kind of consideration for the fact that you may be losing money by not having your tool. I think they should definitely have some sort of um, business class support. You know, I'm not sure if individual users. You know, if if it would be economically feasible to provide individual uh, home users that level of service, but I I think there should be some sort of um, you know, extra level of Apple Care that you could buy to um, you know, get services like that, and I, I think that would be a big boom for um, you know, freelancers, for um, you know, creatives, people, you know, people who use their Macs professionally. An Apple Care Pro, for example, but Apple could offer that optionally for a specific case. They can say, "Look, for fifty dollars more, we'll give you a fairly comparable computer, and we'll let you take it home for a few days." And that accommodation, well, they're not going to make any money on it. It's like a car rental, except that you'll have the option, of course, to install your own software with the expectation that as soon as they take it back, they'll just wipe it clean for the next customer. So, you know, I mean, I could see how it could be done. A a lot of car dealerships offer that already. You know, like you go drop your car off and they're like, oh, here's a car you can borrow for a while. Sure. Here's what infuriates me about the whole battery situation is that on one hand, you are not to service the battery yourself. If you try to replace your own battery, you void your warranty, you know, whether you paid for it or not. You void if they it. discover it. Yeah, if they discover it. But, you know, at the same time, so it's not user serviceable, but um, unless it fits a very specific criteria, it's not covered under your um, additional warranty that you paid for. Um, and to me, that's a big, and not only that, you know, and it'll void, you know, your warranty. It's just like with cars, you know, for instance, if you have a car with a warranty, that won't cover your brake pads and your rotors because those are you know, designed to be disposable over time. But you can replace your own without you know, voiding the rest of your warranty. You, know, you can take them to a third-party um, repair guy and he can, you know, brake guy, and he can replace your, your pads and your rotors, and, and that isn't a problem. You, know, you need I see- to keep your receipt. As long as you install either OEM or compatible stuff, it's fine. Now, with batteries, a lot of times they have a sliding scale there, prorated. So say if the battery is a year old, they'll replace it. If it's two years old, you'll pay 50% or something. But a battery is, what, $75 or something like that. And here in Arizona, it is not uncommon to have to replace a battery on a car every year or two, depending on the model and make. So this is not unusual. But I understand what you're saying here. You can have it serviced anywhere, and as long as you keep your service records and install the proper parts, they're not going to object, and they'll honor your warranty. With Apple, it's a lot tighter. Of course, remember that anything Apple builds is a lot cheaper than a car, so you have to consider that. You know, you're buying a car, the average transaction price of a new car is $32,000. Even if you buy a compact car, by the time you throw a bunch of stuff on it, like a Kia Soul, for example, it's over $20,000. 
So a car is a humongously expensive item, and therefore you expect that when there's still warranty coverage, it will have more amenities for it. But when but, you go in there with a five $600 device or something, there's no way to do that, is there? But Apple's making much better margins on those five $600 devices than automakers are. Well, yeah. I mean, they can sell a $30,000 car, and if they clear $1,000 off it, they're making a lot of money. In fact, because the products are cheaper, I would argue that's why they should be more flexible, because it costs them very little. I had a friend who had bought a fairly new Volkswagen, and of course, they started having electrical problems, as all German cars do. And they just like, here, here's another car, you know, take your pick out of a lot, and you drive that around for the day, you know, and you got to think that's a big risk for the for the auto dealer. I mean, yeah, they have insurance and stuff. But you know, let's say, you know, he drives out of there and get, gets T-boned. That's still going to you know, cost them money, at, at least in labor cost, you know, for haggling with insurance, all that. Um, yeah, but they're going to figure that into the cost of doing business. True. But and in the end, you're going to, when you take that car out, you have the option of either being responsible for the insurance deductible, if it's your fault, or having it covered by your insurance policy. You see? So, you know, there are always ways to dodge that. You're still responsible for the deductible, and the cost of doing business includes the fact that some cars will need service, some will be out of service because of an accident. But let me get back to this here with Apple and your iPhone 5. Okay, so after you waited a couple of hours, you came back and everything was okay? Yeah, uh, once I got it, it seems to be working fine again. You know, I I've, didn't have a chance to charge it last night, and it was at you know 36%. I woke up this morning, it was at 30%. So the drain is reasonable. Um, it's not dying sporadically. So it was it was a happy ending, you know, all when all was said and done, just took a lot more um effort than you know I was expecting. Well, Apple has to also realize here that third party dealers, authorized dealers, ought to have the authority to replace batteries because here is what happens. And that is here, there are only so many Apple stores to go around. You have to drive 90 minutes. Now, in what town are you in and what town is the Apple store located? I'm in a little town called Lafette, Tennessee. It's on the Tennessee-Kentucky border. My closest Apple store is at Green Hills Mall in Nashville, Tennessee, which is about an hour and a half south. And you have to get there ahead of all the guitarists. <laughs> actually, actually, there's a worse problem in this area because it's home to one of only three Whole Foods locations in Tennessee and one of only two uh, Trader Joe's locations in Tennessee. And the Apple store sits between both of them. So it's a constant traffic jam of yuppies every time I have to go to the Apple store for anything. Oh, that's so exciting. That <laughs> is so exciting and annoying. You know, I want to ask you something and we'll probably continue through the break. You mentioned that Adam tried to replace his own iPhone battery. Mm-hmm. Can you well, tell he, us a bit did. of that? Yeah. Um, you know, long story short, you know, he bought the battery. He watched the iFixit videos and, uh, and, and he did it successfully, but he had a problem where he um, didn't think he had connected. Apparently there's, there's a display cable that's really finicky and he was afraid he hadn't secured it properly. So he had to open the iPhone back up and check and check that. And then he, uh, then I, I think he figured out that it was just the battery wasn't charged. So, um, 
but it's one of those things where like the iPhone four, you could just break it open. The battery's right there. You just unplug it. You pop a new one in uh, the iPhone five. You have to do a little bit more disassembly. You have to disconnect the display and, um, you know, dig through some other parts. So it's a bit more involved. So that's why, you know, he, he was recommending in general, if you're not um, particularly um, technical and nimble to not do the repair yourself. But I have to say, if I had to do it over again, I probably would have just done it myself because I could have done it for, you know, 25, 30 bucks and have been done, you know, in an hour or two and uh, <laughs> wouldn't have to would have saved a lot of gas money and time. Well, think of the time itself for getting the gas money. I'm going to ask you a little bit about the process of replacing the battery. I do not intend to want to do that. I used to build radio kits when I was very young. So it's not that I'm not able to do it, but of course my fingers are probably bigger than is needed for these small devices. Okay, we have Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Mike Stennerson from Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. I'm Kay Swirling from KSCO Radio in Santa Cruz. I'm 93 years old, and I'm a big fan of Alex Jones because he has the courage to speak his mind more than just about anyone I know. Alex is just as bothered as I am about all the advertising you hear for toxic prescription drugs that make you sicker, not healthy. I prefer to give my body all 90 essential nutrients it needs for life to prevent disease, not compounded. My favorite complete supplement is Beyond Tangy Tangerine from Longevity, which I take every day along with EFA Plus and Beyond OsteoFX. I recommend you go online to InfoWarsTeam.com to purchase these products and make them part of your daily regimen to get healthy and live longer. InfoWarsTeam.com We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We've been focusing on the trials and tribulations of getting service from Apple, the weights, the limitations, getting the battery on his iPhone replaced. Now, with Adam, what do you have to do, Josh, to pull apart the iPhone 5? And I assume the iPhone 5S is similar. Well, I've never taken mine apart, but from what I understand about it, you first have to remove a couple of proprietary screws on the bottom of the iPhone. In fact, if you look to either side of your lightning port you'll see them in there um you have to have a special screwdriver to get to those and then once you remove those then you have to pry the iphone apart with the plastic spudger so there are some clips you have to um also operate to disconnect the uh you know the two parts and then you have to get around the display and you know, I mean, it's not like you have to solder anything. You know, it's not quite that fiddly, but it's something that's uh, you have to be careful and you have to, you know, it's a somewhat delicate process. Well, I also wonder here why Apple would make it difficult for their people, unless they have special machines that make it easy. I don't know. But I think it would be incumbent upon them to make it simple and fast for their service technicians, even if customers don't do it. I don't think that's a priority for Apple. I, I think, you know, it's it's whatever pleases Johnny Ive aesthetically. That's that's what they've chosen to go with. And from a business perspective, that's a smart way to go because his designs draw in customers and, and they're quite nice to look at and they're quite nice to use. But they definitely place any kind of service as a uh, not a priority. You know, I just think the genius of Apple would be to provide easy ways to service things, even if they don't expect the customers to do it. 
they should make it easy for their service people to do it because that makes them more money. I don't understand it completely at all. I don't understand why the memory on a 21 and a half inch iMac is soldered on. I mean, on the bigger model, you could pop open a cover and replace your memory in a couple of minutes. Yeah, the the excuse used on the MacBook Air is that it's so thin that there's no room for that. But even on the the thinner iMac, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I, th- I think it's it really comes down to Apple's philosophy, you know, and what Steve Jobs Steve Jobs's philosophy was was to create, you know, a um, appliance computer, you know, something that you know you, know, you don't get in and start digging around in things. But um, the problem is is that they have they have yet to make something that's perfectly reliable. With SSDs, uh, they tend, at least in my experience, tend to be more reliable than hard drives. Uh, no moving parts, you know. So they think they might have gotten there, but bat- you're always going to have to replace batteries. They're all, they always sputter out. I've never had a lithium uh, battery that lasted more than a couple of years without serious degradation to capacity and. That and and storage, you know, I mean, SSDs fail, too. And, th- and that's one of the things that really annoys me about Apple's uh, current line of computers, especially laptops, is that they, they've designed them more. You cannot replace these common things. You know, I, I won't pro- I'll probably never touch a CPU. Now, I used to build my own PCs. You know, I've built them, you know, from parts several times. And I'll say, you know, after I built them, I hardly ever fooled with anything again except for RAM uh hard drive when it failed or I needed more capacity. And um, you know, in the case of laptops, battery. You know, so those those are th- you know, I the rest of the stuff I could care less about. I, I I won't go messing with. But you know, you should be able to access your RAM, your hard drive, and your battery. I either that or um the upgrades, you know, getting the upgrades from Apple should come at a reasonable cost. Or those batteries need to be covered by warranty. But you know that's a choice for the consumer. I'm, you know, my basic argument though is that if I am not allowed to mess with the battery myself to replace the battery myself, and if I purchase an extended warranty from Apple, then they should just cover the battery. There shouldn't be an argument. There shouldn't be, uh, you know, fine print. I have to go to, through. You know, it should just be my battery has lost capacity. Oh, okay, you paid for the extended warranty. We will replace it for you since you cannot do that yourself. Not say it has to reach this percentage. That's something where the warranty is written by lawyers. And the lawyers are always going to have terms and conditions that may not make sense. But there you go. Anyway, glad you got it working. Glad Adam got it working. Any listeners, if you try to replace the iPhone 5 battery, you go to Apple and Apple gives you a hard time. Let us know about it. Check us out on our forums at forum.technighthowl.com, forum.technighthowl.com. We want to hear your war stories. Now, I should tell you, and I think our listeners have heard this before, so I'll be brief. My son got, as a graduation present in 2008, how time is flying when they have fun. It's eight years ago. Okay, just think about that. He got this, actually, it's six years ago. I'm losing my mind. Six years ago, he gets the black MacBook, fully decked out. I think it was like $1,600, $1,700. He's replaced everything on it. Top of the cover, the keyboard, the battery once or twice, logic board, the screen. It's pretty much a new computer now because everything's been replaced. And we even had to get Apple support to okay extended coverage when he had his second logic board failure. They look at the service history and they said, you know what, we'll give you another try. 
Right now, of course, he's on borrowed time. He's got basically what is a new computer, but eventually he's going to have to replace it. Something else will go, and he'll either have to fix it or buy a new one. But at least Apple was accommodating. Now, in that case, when it failed here, now he lives in Spain, he brought it with him, and I took it to a local Apple dealer, and I think they had it ready like the next afternoon or that afternoon. It was a few hours for a logic board. So it wasn't such a big deal. But still, you know, you look at this about the fact that we have something here, it should be a reliable computer, and it's like six or eight different visits for service. That's not good. And for simple things, Apple has to consider with their design brilliance to find a way to allow users to do a little bit of simple things, replace a hard drive, replace the battery, replace the memory. That should be enough. I wouldn't worry about the logic board or the screen. Just get those basics. You know, as as time goes on, I've become I'm becoming more and more attached to things that tend to last forever or easily repairable. For instance, like cast iron cookware, which you can use as a you can pass down as an heirloom. Um, I'm hoping one of these days there's a phone or a computer or some kind of electronic. Uh, or computing devices, I should say. There's a lot of heirloom electronics, but something I can pass down to my kids. Like, this is the iPhone I used at one point, and here, now now you can have it. I mean, you can do that kind of now, but it, it won't last, you know, beyond a couple of years. Um, but no, I, I, I want something that will last forever. You know, you buy it once, and, and that's all you need. And something newer might come along, but that same iPhone will work, you know, 20 years down the line. Sort of like, you know, antique radios. You know, you, you can buy these radios from the 20s and the 30s that, you know, if you can get them to work, uh, still function just fine. You know, and uh, uh, I, I'm becoming more partial to things like that. You know, <laughs> let's go back into this in a moment. Okay. Josh Centers from Tidbits joins us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night How Live. Listening to GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Lock down your digital life at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. 
Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else. A meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical-free, but they're loaded with flavor. And a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, six vegetable and black bean olive go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010 and order today eat them every day take them camping or save them for an emergency check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon that's 30dayfoodsupply.com where all of our products are produced in oregon by oregon trail foods 30dayfoodsupply.com If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from ProFlowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to ProFlowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's ProFlowers.com. Click the mic and enter code PLOW. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. There is, of course, planned obsolescence that if Apple sold you a Mac or an iPhone or an iPad that could last 20 years, what about replacements? Consider, for example... The TV industry. Now, almost any TV that you buy, even for three, $400, will probably last five to 10 years. Unfortunately, the TV industry needs faster replacement cycles because once a market is saturated, like with high-definition flat-panel TVs, you don't need another one. They tried 3D. Nobody bought it. Vizio is cutting them out. 3D. So no more 3D for Vizio. But that's an example here. So they didn't deliberately, I guess, do things to prolong it. They just made a well-built product that can last for a number of years. Although I had a tube TV, a CRT TV, normal old-fashioned picture tube. After 20 years, it was still working up to about a year ago, and I gave it to a neighbor. 
nearly 20 years old, still like new. And it got some pretty heavy use in the early years when my son uses his primary TV. So I don't know of anything today that lasts 20 years, although some Macs do. But there's too much planned obsolescence, and Apple makes too much money from selling you the replacement. i tell you why, Miss Jean. Did you ever have one of those TVs that was built into a wooden cabinet? No, I had one when I was really, really young. And it was really beautiful. It was a really nice set. But when I bought my own, I was out on my own. I always bought portable sets. So I didn't care about a fancy cabinet. I just wanted the biggest picture tube I could afford. And it was still in a position to be carried. Then I bought larger sets, like a 32-inch screen. It weighed a couple of hundred pounds. You stuck it on a table and you left it there. But no, it was not fancy furniture. We had one of those... um when I was very young, and I, I think it did eventually die, and we just didn't bother replacing it. But the the cool thing was, you know, there were actually t- I sound like an old man here, but there there were TV repair shops, and you know, you could actually call a guy, and he would come over and fix your TV. I don't know, like maybe it's just a fat a phase I'm in, but right now I really miss that sort of thing. I miss having you know a big, well built, rugged piece of equipment that you know can be repaired in the field if it has to be. You know, we got this iPhone 6 coming up, and I'm sure it'll be exciting, but, you know, there's part of me that wishes, you know, I don't know, it, it, was, it was something more rugged. They're, they're saying this might be made out of sapphire, but it's still going to have the, you know, the problems of, you know, temporary non-replaceable lithium-ion batteries, um, probably harder to replace than ever, and things like that. Um, you know, I don't know, that's my, my philosophical rant of the day. I, you know, I, I, want, I want things that last or at least are easily repairable. As far as Sapphire is concerned, I live maybe 10 minutes away from the place where they're going to do the Sapphire manufacturing, but they're saying that it's going to be more maybe for the iWatch than the iPhone. I guess we're going to have to see. Speaking of which, okay, we have the September 9th event, as I mentioned very often. September 9th is my birthday, but Apple didn't plan this event to coincide with my birthday. They planned this event because it's the first full week after the Labor Day week, And it suits their schedule. So they did that for their needs, not my needs, okay? Despite that, we know about the iPhones, and we can speculate a little bit about that. But now comes a comment from one of the key reporters over at Recode, which is a responsible place. It was formerly All Things D with Walt Mossberg and Kara Swisher and everything. And they get things right, that on September 9th, Apple will also demonstrate the iWatch. Are you looking forward to that? At this point, Gene, I'm more just curious just what the heck this thing is. I've speculated on the in the past many times about what I think an iWatch will be, but as time goes on, I feel less sure. The things I suggest in the past, competitors have tried, and they haven't really worked out. And, um, you know, like with the Galaxy Gear, other products like that. So I, I don't know. I don't know any anything in a any kind of smartwatch that appeals to me in the slightest and and uh, we've written several articles at tidbits um where we have contributors you know write about various smartwatches they buy adam has a uh one of the pebbles um jeff porton uh did a roundup of a bunch of different smartwatches and just none of them sound appealing none of them sound interesting none of them do anything i really care to do and you know even if someone gave me one for free i'm not sure i would want it uh, other than just you know for testing or curiosity, because then that's one more thing I have to charge. 
back to the whole durable goods thing, I have this uh, Seiko uh, watch. I, I think it's like an SNK 809, but it's uh, it's an old-fashioned mechanical watch. It's powered by my body movement, so I don't have to worry about batteries. I don't have to wind it. It just functions. It runs a little slow. You know, it loses about 15 seconds a day, so I have to, like, you know, reset the, the minute hand every few days. But the, 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 nut, the nut to crack for me, for me to be interested in an iWatch, first and foremost, they need to figure out the charging situation. Like, how is it going to charge? Like, if I have to plug in one more thing next to my nightstand before I go to sleep at night, I probably won't bother because I have too much to charge as is. So hopefully there'll be some sort of charging pad or maybe it'll be charged by body movement or solar power or it'll have a small nuclear reactor in it or something. I'm A small nuclear reactor. I could really get hot and bothered over that one. <laughs> but, you know, I get the point. The point is that Apple needs to make it easy for you to charge it when you need to and get enough battery life out of it so you don't need to do this that often. Now, most of the current smartphones are like a couple of days that you have to charge them, and I guess that depends on the use cycle, if you're lucky. But there is also a published report this week that Apple has been exploring technology for wireless recharging. There might be a patent or two about that. The ability to wirelessly recharge something so you could just go to sleep with your watch on your hand or keep it near the charging station and it'll take care of itself, but it still has to be charged. There's nothing around that. So I guess that would be a valid reason. The other thing is forgetting the charging dilemma. Does it do anything that you can't replace with other devices? So telling the time. You do that on your iPhone. You look on your telephone. You look on your Mac, your PC. Lots of people these days don't have watches. They look at some device they have to know what time it is. I would rather look at the wristwatch, except I don't have it now because it needs a new battery and I just haven't had a chance to replace it. But the point being that what is Apple going to do to look at the people who no longer think watches are necessary and make them feel the iWatch is something they always needed if only it was Apple there to tell them what they could use it for? Well, what the hints and clues uh, from the usual sources seem to point to is that this is going to tie in heavily with HealthKit and HomeKit, which will be features in iOS 8. And, and if you look at iOS 8, there's a lot of clues there about the iWatch also, like the capability to send a voice message over, iMe- over iMessage, to send um, you know snap quick pictures and send those as messages automatically. Um, so I think that's going to be a lot of the selling point of the iWatch. I think it's going to be, um, hey, you can send a quick voice memo to somebody using an iOS 8 device or um, or a computer running Yosemite. Um, you'll be able to control your your lights and your front door with it and, you know, things like that. You know, so I, I think if you take a careful look at the iOS 8 feature list, I, I think you see a lot of clues about what an iWatch will be. But uh, regardless of what it can do, it to me, and maybe I'm alone in this, all goes back to, do I have to charge another freaking device? And, and, and the answer right now is no. So if they can magically make it, you know, charge wirelessly, even if I have to have like some sort of dingus uh, plugged in, you know, around my nightstand, uh, you know, as long as I don't have to plug it in, that that's fine. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm, I'm just curious what it is, because whatever it is, they've done an, an outstanding job of keeping it a secret. That's very interesting. Very interesting thing to point to. 
fact is now that we know or seem to know an awful lot about the iPhone 6. We seem to know it will be a 4.7-inch version and a 5.5-inch version. How can that be? We'll explore that more. With Josh Centers, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Moms of America, stand up and stop taking abuse from your kids. I pledge never to let my kid disrespect me ever again. I pledge to stop letting my daughter walk all over me. I pledge to stop living in fear of my son's anger. I pledge never to feel like a bad parent ever again. Because I'm not. I pledge to stop letting my child's behavior control my home. I pledge to be a mom with kids who listen. A total transformation mom. I'm Janet Lehman, co-creator of the Total Transformation Program. We created the Total Transformation to help parents with difficult child behavior. Now, I'm giving it away free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. Call now. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. Summertime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know summer is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for summer specials, including all sizes of colloidal silver, colloidal minerals, and intestinal freedom on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, hoodia, and metabolic complex and pro-metabolic all on sale now. Also, the anti-parasite intestinal freedom and wormwood plus complex plus stevia liquid sweetener and the super enzymes all on sale for summer at herbalhealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and look for summer specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education. Since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. 
General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call 866-91-STEEL lock in your price now call 866-91-STEEL that's 866-917-8335 you're listening to the tech night owl live with gene steinberg you never know what's going to happen next Final segment of the Tech Night Out Live. Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books is joining us. Okay, Josh. So we have this scenario here where enough stuff appears to leak from the supply chain that we know a fair amount about the next iPhone. We even maybe know what it looks like. And this is nothing unusual. Before the iPhone 5S and the iPhone 5C came out last year, we knew most of it. Maybe we didn't know about the 64-bit processor or the M7 coprocessor or whatever, but we knew a fair amount. So now we seem to know a fair amount about what the next iPhone will be like. And I guess because you're building 80 million of them, the word gets out. If Apple introduces an iWatch, we know next to nothing about it. How does Apple do that? If they can't keep a secret with the iPhone, how can they do it with the iWatch? <laughs> at the risk of sounding, um, at the risk of offending anybody, uh, I would guess it's probably being manufactured in America if they're ready to to roll with it. The reason I say that is every time we have part leaks, they're always from China. You know, they they do not pay these Chinese factory workers well. They you know they're treated essentially like slaves. Uh, they have every incentive to sell spare parts off the factory floor. And this is a theory I've been working with for a while. You know, once Tim Cook said he wanted to double down on secrecy, then you notice he started talking about, you know, building things in America again. And reason is, is because it turns out there's a benefit to doing that. You can actually have some control over what gets leaked out of the factory. You know, with these Chinese factories, they have no control over that whatsoever. And that's where all the leaks come from. So uh, my guess would be either they're manufacturing the iWatch in the United States, you know, possibly at the Suppose it's sapphire plant out in the desert, or they just haven't started. They haven't made it yet, uh, and it'll be like the iPhone, where they're going to announce it six months in advance, which would make sense to me because this is something else I've been thinking about too. You know, presumably um, on September 9th, they're going to announce an iPhone, a- an iPad, maybe an Apple TV, um, maybe a Mac Mini, and then the iWatch. Now, if all these come out at the same time, let's say they all come out September 9th, um, or you know, the following Friday. Most people are not going to have enough cash on hand or a high enough credit limit to buy all that stuff at once. So to me, it doesn't make any sense to release them all at the same time. Um, you want to stack them. You know, you want to have some things for the holiday season, but you also want to have things for later when people can save up a little more money. So it could be very possible that they'll announce the iWatch that day, but we won't see it for six months. And after all, um, if it is going to be a developer platform, 
they will have to give developers a heads up and give them a chance to start de um, developing apps for it. So we'll see. At this point, you know, <laughs> I'm even done speculating on what iWatch will be. I have no clue. So they've, they've done an outstanding job keeping it a secret. My feeling is it will be available later, but probably late October or early November because Apple does not want to miss the holiday season. It would make very little sense to introduce it so early and disappoint people for the holiday because it doesn't mean anything in sales. And you want to release this thing in January or February, the holidays are over and people will avoid discretionary purchases. No, I think that if announced, will be released within six to eight weeks after that announcement. Yeah. Possibly, you know, your guess is about as good as mine. They or worse. They I'll tell you what, though, I was right that Mavericks would be free, so that's the only guess I've made right. So this may be it. That's my feeling about the iWatch that you'll be able to buy it this year, and if anything, Apple will not introduce anything else. But iPhone announce the shipping date for iOS, maybe OS 10 Yosemite, and the iWatch, and that's it. But even with the iWatch, it's going to be an elaborate presentation because there will be a developer SDK to take, say, your iOS apps and maybe develop special iWatch versions of it, stuff like that. I don't know. I think if there's going to be a new Apple TV, so you have to update your book, if there's going to be a new Mac Mini or any of that stuff, it'll come October. Maybe the Mac Mini will just be a routine announcement or something. It won't be a big deal. But the Apple TV and the next iPads will come in October. Apple spreads them out. That would make the most sense. They don't tend to pre-announce products, so I imagine the iPhone and the iPad will come out roughly the same time, but I, th I think there's a good chance there will be a bit of a delay on the iWatch. I think that amount of time. As I said, I do not think it makes sense for Apple to announce a product like that and not deliver it in time for the holiday season. I think the media would attack them fiercely. If it's ready or almost ready, talk about it. But we'll have to see how that turns out. Let's move quickly to iOS 8 and Yosemite. Now, as people who have been involved in the public beta or developers' releases know, there has been a DP6 version last week, the week before we're taping this, for OS 10 Yosemite. A few days later, a public beta update. This would mean that by next week, by September 2nd, and you might not be listening to the show till that because of the Labor Day holiday in the U.S., there may be another beta release. Now, consider the politics here. Apple is pushing continuity, this integration between iOS and OS X Yosemite, as a very major 10-pole feature. We know iOS 8 is going to be out probably by the second, third week of September a couple of days before the new iPhones actually ship. Now, what do you think of the chances that the next Yosemite developer release will be the release candidate? So it also comes out mid to late September. Uh, I'd say pretty pretty high. Um, you would understand why it has to, because of the integration with iOS 8. Yeah, they have to come out at the same time. There's too much stuff that is... Uh you know, cross-platform for them not, not to be released at the same time. Now, but now a, a, as an advisement to those listening, there's a chance, though, you you will not be able to use some of those continuity features because uh, my understanding is, at least on the Mac side, it requires built-in 
Bluetooth 4.0, um, and, and it won't work with an external dongle. So if your Mac is like mine, which I have a 2011 MacBook Pro, um, it, it won't work with continuity. Um, now, continuity will work between an iPhone and an iPad. Um, for instance, you can see text messages on your iPad. They can link up and do that, but uh, I won't be able to use it uh, to enjoy that on my Mac. So be prepared for that and be prepared to be a little bit disappointed if you have a slightly older Mac. Apple hasn't clarified that. This is Bluetooth 4.0, Bluetooth LE. Now, the other thing to bear in mind here is there's no reason why Apple couldn't provide developers with a kernel extension to allow an external USB stick with the advanced version of Bluetooth to work. I think that's feasible. From an engineering standpoint, of course, Apple can say that I don't know what I'm talking about or a developer. If they would do that, I think it would go a long way towards making people happy with this development. I think they'll have to do something. I, I realize they want to push newer hardware, but you know, if you have a computer from 2011, tw even in some cases 2012, um, <laughs> there's no, no real need to drop, you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars on a brand new machine. Uh, you, you know, if if they could at least make their own dongle and sell it for, I don't know, fifty bucks. Uh, you know, which is high would be highway robbery, but it would be a good profit for them and it, it would make people happier than they would have been otherwise. It is feasible, I think, as I said, it's up to Apple to deliver it for us. Josh Centers, please tell our listeners where they can get more of your stuff. Uh, I'm the managing editor of Tidbits at tidbits.com. I also wrote Take Control of Apple TV at takecontrolbooks.com. You can find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl. We are Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can also check out our other radio show, by the way, about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast at paracast.com. That's paracast.com. And this week, we're going to be talking to Chris Rutkowski. He is a scientist who has explored 25 years, 15,000 UFO cases in Canada. And in the last couple of years, there have been more UFO sightings in the U.S. and Canada than in many previous years. Chris Rutkowski on the Paracast. And by the way, you can check out our forums at forum.technightowl.com, our web portal, and my daily blog at technightowl.com. Josh Centers from Tidbits, thank you very much for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you, Gene. is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.